Hello and welcome to another episode of the Third and Gold podcast. This is our week seven review episode. And as ever, I'm joined by Fred and Dan. How are you both? Very good, Rob. Very good. Very well. Very happy to see your two faces. I missed you last week. We yeah, missed we you. Miss you too. Nobody else can see their faces. So they, they are worth a look when you get a chance. <laughs> yeah. We've got faces for TV, right? Not radio. <laughs> well, Fred's gone quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Safe on the radio, I think, with my face. But um, yeah. But yeah, I missed you too, Dan, last week. I don't know. Good, well, it's a lame speak for himself. Me? I said I missed Dan. No, I said that at the time. I'm saying it now. I've sent Dan lots and lots of private They're messages. They're all just hollow words, Fred. Sorry. <laughs> words. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It was a fun week, though, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. There's mm. plenty sort of happened. Um, what should we... You know, you guys last week picked two interesting games, I think. Mine was probably not so much. So much more interesting stuff happened elsewhere uh, around the league than the game I chose. Um, but we'll start <laughs> off with those. Uh, let's go... Uh, oh, I don't, but we'll go with Dan because that were a pretty cool. interesting game. Um, it was. It was. Well, I was going to say, me and Fred, obviously, um, you chose Bengals Ravens, and me and Fred both thought the Ravens would win. Uh, you predicted a Bengals win, and you were justified handsomely to do so. It's why I picked the game. When I looked at it, I was like, Obviously, it was a top battle for the top of the AFC North, and there was all of that there. And Joe Burrow, can he actually stand up and play this team in Baltimore as well at the MT Bank Stadium? And I just fancied the Bengals to topple them. I think the form they was in, the run they was in, <clears throat> Baltimore had a couple of good results, and I thought they might have actually won them down a bit. Um, I'm behind in our prediction competition. I looked at it and thought, there's no way you two are going to pick the Bengals. <laughs> so I almost looked for the team that I thought would cause the upset most. And it's hard saying it is an upset because, you know, the Bengals are now top of the AFC North. Um, but I guess it is viewed as an upset. Certainly before the game, it would have been if that was the outcome. So, yeah, that's why I chose it. And the Bengals did not disappoint me. 41-17 winners. Um, Joe Burrow thrown for over 416 yards and three touchdowns, which... It's a very good day all round, I guess. Um, Jamar Chase, what a rookie this lad's turning out to be, right? Eight catches for 201 yards and a touchdown score on top of it. Um, personally, I, I I didn't expect too much from Jamar Chase this year. I don't know if you guys did, but I thought he's coming into a, a decent receiving core there with you know, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and people like that already. And, there was all the talk, wasn't there, at the draft time that they missed Penno, so what's the point in having a receiver if you've got no one to protect Burrow to throw it to them and all that? Um, well, how wrong almost everybody was, I guess. <laughs> um, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have looked like the college mates that they always were throughout, and there's no sign of it really stopping right now. The guy looks like a talent. Um, chucking that, CJ Uzoma, the tight end on National Tight End Day. Three catches for 91 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not sure many people 
would have seen that coming. I think he was due a decent game, but I'm not sure many would have quite gone quite gone that far. Um, on the flip side, Jackson didn't have too bad a day, 257 yards, 88 running, which is, you know, it's a decent day out for him. They just never really got into the game. You know, they, they, half-time it was quite tight. The half-time Bengals were at 13-10. Um, they won the third quarter 14-7 to uh, and then 14-0 to in the fourth and it actually resulted in Lamar Jackson being sat uh, and rested and a few others. So I don't think anybody, if anybody told anybody Lamar Jackson's going to be pulled out in the fourth quarter, it would have been because they're so far ahead not so far behind. It was just, a, from what I've seen of it, which wasn't much, it just appeared to be a very complete performance from the Bengals, which stands in good stead. Um the top of the division now, it's a tough division to, to play in. Um, but they've shown when that big game comes up, a lot of people are talking about can they play that game to get top? It's a big game. The occasion. Can they play the occasion? Uh, and they sure did. So, you know, if they make the playoffs, if they go that far, they're going to have another game that's deemed an occasion, I guess. Um, and they've, you know, shown they can perform. So... They look exciting. They look exciting right now. And they've got the Jets this week, so you'd expect them to probably add to that win tally. Yeah, I mean, totally agree with what you said, Dan, actually. Just about the, you know, subscribing to the idea of getting a no, you know, Penny Sewell in rather than Jamar Chase and the point of let's get protection for Burrow. I totally subscribe to that camp. I thought they're going to be such a better side because they've got good receiving core for a better O-line, but, you know, they just haven't needed it, have they? Burrow who, let's not forget, has not played lots of football. He was injured for a large part of last year. He's just been excellent. And Chase has just been an excellent link-up, hasn't he? It's just something else what those two are doing at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Joe Burrow's looking outstanding this season. Jamar Chase just been <clears throat> absolutely incredible. Um, I think Joe Mixon as well, being healthy, has given him some balance with a running game as well. Um I didn't think the Bengals would win. Um, I think when you look at the last two games, the Ravens have scored 65 points. Um, they've won five in a row. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I thought, especially after the, the few weeks that we've seen of the Ravens, I thought they would have too much for the Bengals. But, you know, they've, they've gone about that game. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Uzuma. Um, they're a team that's growing in the defence as well it's gone about its business and it's probably one of the most underrated defences in the league I would say probably not anymore because Dan's just told us prior to starting here that the Bengals are the highest claimed team on waivers on sleeper uh, so people are buying into that for against the Jets, Jets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah people are streaming the, yeah people streaming the defence that in the Jets every week. Um, but for me, after that result, I don't know what you two guys think, but I'm really considering whether the Bengals are in the running to be one of the top contenders in the AFC this year, especially with the state of the other teams. When you look at how all the other teams are stacking up and you look at the Chiefs, which are falling apart, which we'll come on to next, um, you know, the... The Bills have lost a couple and the Ravens have lost a couple and the Bengals just seem to be getting better. And 
could there be a surprise package for? I don't want to go too far and say they're gonna. They are actually gonna win the conference and be conference champions. But as of right now, after week seven, we've got to put them in that top bracket in the AFC. I think. Yeah, I mean they look the most consistent at the minute. Sorry, Frederick. There you are, Dan. You go. I was going to say, they look at the minute the most consistent. The Ravens, as you said, had a couple of good results. The the Steelers started well and tailed off and got another win here and there. The Browns, uh, I think the Browns are a Charlotte team. I think I said that a fortnight ago when we was on air. Um, I'll justify that again, I guess, next time we come to speak about the Browns. And I'll, I'll hide on that one for now. Um, I was just trying to find... I've lost my notebook. You guys can't see, but I'm wandering around my house right now, trying to find my notebook. We, can we, we do the show. Oh, it's like uh, do the kill. Well, <clears throat> I've lost my notebook with all of my preseason predictions in because I was going to see. I actually quite fancied the Bengals to do okay. I think I had to make it in the playoffs. And it was a lot about whether Joe Burrow comes back and can Joe Burrow perform at the level he did last year coming mm. off that injury into this year um, and I think the answer to that already is he can perform better than that uh, and he has been well, yeah, see, but I can't find my notebook so I'm completely shook up at the moment isn't it really you look at obviously the Raiders 5-2 and two, I don't think anyone had the Raiders 5-2 and two either um, Bengals 5-2 and two. And, uh, you know for me I thought like I said last week I think the Bengals are one year away maybe two years away from hitting their absolute peak so it'd be quite interesting to see where they go and how they go but again you look at the flip side you know Dolphins doing so badly one and six I don't think anyone would have had them one and six at this stage and the Chiefs doing what well, so badly they're three and four you know they just a few wins away from turning everything around in theory but you know it's it's been really shook up this year the AFC and um, yeah at the minute can you see a Super Bowl winner coming out of the AFC no tricky isn't it I still think Bills you can't, can you? That's not like Bills I think Bills but you know, they had an upset week the other week. Yep. Yeah, just look at the the depth of the NFC right now with Bucks, Rams, Cardinals, even the Cowboys. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it seems like a much tougher playoff run going through the NFC right now than it's Green Bay as well, sorry. Yeah, so I think obviously like Dan was saying, it does look a tougher run to NFC at the moment. But I think in terms of you know, in terms of what is the best AFC you can put up at the moment, um, I'd probably argue overall Bills are probably that best package. Um, even though, you know, they're four and two. Um I'd still argue I think they're still a very good side both sides of the ball, and I think they they'll end up at least in the championship game and probably in the super bowl representing the AFC. The NFC though, like I said, is is very tough this year because a lot of these teams that are very good now, Cowboys, Cardinals, were, I mean, Cowboys were rubbish last year and the Cardinals were a bit better than average, weren't they? So, you know, it's added to it, hasn't it, to have these two really good teams playing who weren't really good teams last year. I don't know about what you think, Rob. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think there's a, there's no doubt that there's a lot of good teams in the AFC that should probably have better win percentages and one more games than, than what they have. Yeah. Um, but consistency seems to be an issue at the moment. Um, mm. Having said that, the, the Chiefs seem to be consistently poor right now. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think the Bucks broke the Chiefs. <laughs> 
the Falcons broke the Chiefs last year, Dan. I've told you this before. <laughs> By running them so close. <laughs> but yeah, I feel it's probably too early to tell. Right now, I think the AFC seems to be in disarray. That well, not disarray, but it's all it's just been thrown up in the air, and it's so close everywhere. You've got people like the Bengals that you wouldn't have thought to be at the top end of the AFC being there. Mm. And um, but there's a long way to go yet. And you know, if a team like the Bills even the Chiefs, if they can pull things together, if they can have a good, consistent end to their regular season and hit the playoffs with some form, then you can't rule rule them out. But I do agree at this point in the in the season, the NFC, the top NFC teams seem mm-hmm. to be hitting their stride, in their stride, and look a lot better than the top AFC teams. And that's even as well. I mean, you talk about disappointments in the AFC, but there's been disappointments in the NFC. You look at the 49ers, you look at the Seahawks. It's different with the Seahawks because Russ Wilson's injured. But, you know, you've just still got two teams who are definitely underperforming perhaps to where they should be. Um, but you've still got four or five very good teams outside of that, haven't you? Which is the impressive thing. Because even with some teams not being as consistent as you'd like, there are still some very good teams. Whereas I think the AFC just doesn't look as strong overall for me. But, you know, I, mean, I'll, I'll I think it's about... the average teams, isn't it, Fred? The average teams in the NFC are better mm. than the average teams in the AFC. Mm. You know, the, you'd expect probably maybe still the Chiefs and the Bills were going to be the top two in the AFC. I think that will probably still probably transpire that way. But I think that the Browns, the Steelers, comparing those to the likes of um, the NFC equivalents, you know, like the, the Rams and teams like that. I think the NFC middle road, I think the, the six, seven seeds in the NFC are going to be a lot stronger teams than the six, seven seeds in the AFC right now. But I think maybe, I don't know, are we sort of, because when you look at the AFC, AFC East, you've got Bills at the top, they've lost two games. AFC West, you've got Raiders at the top, they've lost two games. AFC North, you've got Bengals at the top, they've lost two games. The Ravens have lost two games. In the AFC South, you've got the Titans at the top. They've lost two games. And I think maybe the Raiders and the Bengals being up at that top end and the Titans having a slower start to the season mm. might be skewing our perception a bit. All right, you've got... I think you can excuse, excuse the Raiders a little bit because the only two games they lost are around the cloud of Gruden. And you look at... You know, I talk about Derek Carr a lot. Back in the in the NFL because they've got the most exciting quarterback in the NFL no, but he's been brilliant yeah, he was brilliant yes, you know, this weekend he was, he's been very good the last three games I think he had 93% completion you know when he puts in big performances Derek Carr he does it very very well it's just consistency for him in my eyes I think you know he's been brilliant and the Raiders have been very good this year bar when there were a lot of off field issues I think I'm quite excited to see how these next five or six games go for them not necessarily they're going to go 10 and 4 or anything like that but you know their ceiling is pretty good when they play pretty well um, and I'd be interested to see where they are in five games time. Yeah, well, you'll like what I've got a little bit later on then, Fred, because I've written a bit about the Raiders for later on. Um, but Ooh. on the NFC, you've got the Cowboys, the top of the East, have lost one. Cardinals, top of the West, lost none. Then you've got the Rams, lost one. AFC North, Packers at the top, lost one. And NFC South, Buccaneers, lost one. So, you know, it only takes a couple of weeks down the line for those teams who won loss to lose another and the teams in the AFC that have lost two to keep winning. And then suddenly 
there's a bit more balance across the two conferences and uh, maybe we'll be saying that someone else is someone in the NFC starting to falter and someone in the AFC that faltered earlier on is, is picking it up. I don't think there's a a massive difference between some of the teams, but I think, like I say, it's probably skewed a little bit by how bad the Chiefs are and, um, you know, then you've still got an undefeated team in the NFC. Yeah, but, I mean, one team I don't want to see do well are the Packers. I think lost. We spoke about this last week, but I've lost all all liking for them after the just Rodgers and Adams messing about in the postseason, preseason, and they've gone and won six now, like they've got the ability to do, and they could go and win the next six and all this sort of stuff, and no one would be too surprised. But I think they've just made themselves really unlikable from an NFC perspective. I'd be delighted to see them fall flat on their face, although I don't think it's going to happen. They will. They'll get well, to the championship game and call it a day there again, as they always do. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's basically it. That basically that. The other from Bengals Ravens onto a full uh, NFC AFC <laughs> showdown. Yeah, well, covering all the bases. Um, Fred, you were next. Chief Titans. How did you see this one? Yeah, I mean, it's wild, isn't it? To be perfectly honest with you. Um, back to the Chiefs pre-game. Rob did. I know Dan, you didn't, but we spoke at length, and there are. There are genuine issues with this Chiefs setup. Um, you know, no matter what their ceiling is, which is extremely high because they've got Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, all these big names in offense. You know, they've got issues with the secondary, issues with the defense, issues with the O line, and all these things come to light. But what was so strange, I mean, the, the Titans put them out of the game pretty early in this one. If there's one team that is going to chase 27 points down at half time, it's going to be the Chiefs. But they never looked like doing so. You know, Mahomes, he looked a bit distracted, to be perfectly honest with you. He was going for a lot of long balls and rather than settling for, a, you know, a quick six yards to just move the chains a little bit and get closer to that first down. So often he was going for that big 15, 20 yard pass. He's being chased by that Titans defense and he's getting nowhere near his receivers um, rather than look for easy yardage and just try and play a more simple game of football. Um, he obviously took a big hit in the fourth quarter and Chad Henney came in. Um, it was a bizarre performance really from the, from the Chiefs. Well, I remember tweeting you two about it at the time, didn't I? We were mm-hmm. talking because you was watching the Patriots and Rob was watching the Falcons. Yeah. And I was stuck on red zone. And if I remember rightly, Fred, you was the lane. I'm going, I can't believe what's going on in the Chiefs game. And Fred's like, I'm behind. I don't want to know. <laughs> and like 20 minutes later, we'd get, I can't believe what's going on in the Chiefs game from Fred. So. It was like Derek Henry was throwing touchdown passes, wasn't he? You know, it was, sort of, it was the weekend of trick plays, really. I think I came in just after. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was Derek Henry or Lamar Jackson, the way he was running and throwing. <laughs> I just, it was so bizarre. And But the, the Chiefs defense just, didn't, they're not putting pressure on the Titans. They're, you know, they, they can get away with these trick plays quite easily because just that defence isn't up to much, is it, really? And uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, The Chiefs are a mess, it, frankly. They they could so easily go and turn this round. Don't get me wrong. You know, they could go and win eight games in a row. I don't think anyone would be surprised. But I don't quite see how they're going to do it. I don't... They should get to these playoffs, you'd think they'll find a way. But at the moment, without trying to at least attempt some sort of fix on maybe at least the defence, I don't see quite how they're going to do that either. It's just... It's just very odd to be talking about the Chiefs in this fashion. Um, Must be said, the Titans did well. You know, Tannehill was 
very competent. 21 from 27, 270 yards of a touchdown. Derek Henry, a touchdown throw and 86 <laughs> yards rushing. Um, AJ Brown, excellent receiving yards, 133. <laughs> but, you know, again, they didn't ever have to do too much. It got to a point where they could quite easily consolidate, try and hold the ball, try and keep possession and just let the Chiefs run out of time. Quite early on, it is remarkable to be talking about the Chiefs this way, but they're, they're just not very good at the moment. I think the Titans helped themselves getting ahead early. Mm. You know, they were they, the first drive touchdown held the Chiefs uh, and then scored a touchdown again. So by getting ahead, it's always easier to play against the Chiefs with a lead that it is coming from behind. Um, but the Chiefs have shown so many times that they don't care about being behind because they've got the ability to bring it back, haven't they? Mm. Um, but I think it gave the Titans something to defend. Um, with that lead, with that home field advantage, with that crowd behind them, I just think everyone was was up not letting that go. And uh, I think both the Chiefs' first two drives were punts, and then the third one was an interception, and the fourth one was a fumble. Mm. The, you know, by that stage, that crowd and their team was well fired up for that. Titans weren't going to give that up without a fight. Yeah, and I think... But they did... Win. Sorry, Rob. When you, we saw about, with the Titans last year, we spoke about how good their offense was because they had a offensive genius in Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator. Um, but the problem was the defensive side of the ball, and they could score forty plus points a game, but they could concede forty plus points a game as well. And to consistently win like that is difficult. And that's sort of what the Chiefs are finding now is their defense is so terrible that good <coughs> teams be scared anymore. Okay, you're scared of the offensive side of the ball, potentially. Um, but like Fred said, like Holmes, you said distracted, Fred. Um, you know, I think he's the one person that you thought is capable of turning that team's fortunes around. And I have to agree, he looked poor. He looked really poor. Um, sketchy almost. That he just, he couldn't, he didn't have any belief watching that, that he could turn it around for them, which is not like him and not like the Chiefs. Um, I did think the Titans had win based on um, the most recent form of both teams. Um, would just like to point out, Fred, for our benefit, that uh, although Dan beat us on the Bengals' position, <laughs> he went for the Chiefs in this one. And we All both right. the Titans. And I only went to you thinking you'd both go Chiefs and uh, I had to keep myself in the game and it comes through <laughs> and I was like, oh, bonus point for Dan here, we'll take that. And uh, yeah, I've not been on the show. I didn't get to hear the the wonderful insight and wisdom you two shared that obviously was the key to the Titan success. I missed it. So yeah. where, does uh, it get, no, where does it get better for the Chiefs though? Because, okay, they're going Giants next week. They, they should beat the Giants. Giants coming off a fairly good win. But then Packers... Raiders, Cowboys, all teams doing really well at the moment. Um, you do think this can be very tough against the Packers and the Cowboys, certainly. And I think Raiders will be a tough game for them as well because, again, it's another team that can score points, which isn't really what the Chiefs want with a bad defence, you know. But uh, it's a big four weeks for them, isn't it, really? Yeah, I feel the same way as that, Fred. And I think they've got the Giants next and I think they're going to win that, you know, but then after that, the Packers, Raiders, the Cowboys, two, th- three, sorry, three strong offensive teams. Is I could see them losing the way that 
things are at the moment. I could see him losing all three of those as of right now. Mm-hmm. The key is, I think, teams have... Kansas have never really had a plan, but you've always said they've got a passing game. They run because you have to run the ball every now and then. If they didn't have to run the ball, I don't think they'd bother running it whatsoever. But I, and I'm going to go back to the Super Bowl, because what Tampa did in the Super Bowl was say, right, and, and you picked up on it, Fred, earlier, you can have the short passes. We'll give you the five yards or six-yard passes. We are not going to give up a big play. In the league game last year, in the regular season, that's what Tampa did. They gave up those 60-yard throws, and it killed us. And they said, we're not going to do that. We're going to rush four. We're going to cover deep. Take your four, five, six yards if you have to. Uh, and we will try and stop you scoring from there. And, and they couldn't. They wouldn't take that option. They didn't want to take that option. They were looking for the big play all the time. And that's exactly what you said the Titans done, Fred. Mm. Held the, got the pressure to Mahomes, stopped those deep throws, stopped those 15, 20-yard completions on out routes and that, stopped Tyreek Hill going down the middle, offered them, gave up the short plays and then ran into the ball in the hope that, I guess, you get there more often than you don't to stop the 10-yard gain. You know, you can get them for threes and fours as opposed to sevens and eights and, and, and control the game that way. But the Chiefs don't appear to have a plan B. Do you know what I mean? There's teams now sussing that out and saying, if we can take away these big plays and these big stops, let them have the underside, let's rush to the ball, let's play higher intensity. The Chiefs don't have a running game to be able to run the ball consistently enough to change the game. So I'm surprised they didn't adjust some way, whether it would be their own thick-headed stubbornness or belief in their own ability that they could still perform. I don't know. And maybe that's why Mahomes is interceptions there now. Teams are covering deeper mm-hmm. and he hasn't got the windows to throw into. He did have last year and the year before. And Which he's getting picked off because of it. Dan, you look at the Titans, you actually have all those options. A running game, the ability to throw short receivers who can go long, and you don't maybe quite know how to set up at times against that sort of offence. Whereas, like you've just said there, you know how you're going to set up against that Chiefs offence to be successful. And there's your The issue. Titans, yeah. The Titans on paper, when you look at defending them, you go, right, you've got Derek Kane, we, we are not going to let you run on us. We will stack this box full of bodies. Hmm. And I go, okay, great. We'll throw it 15 yards on an out route to AJ Brown or mm-hmm. Leo Jones on the other side of the field. And you go, crikey, we can't give up that play. Let's drop the corners. Let's drop the safety. Linebackers take a step out of the box. Let's cover these out routes and that off. And they go, okay, great. There's nothing in the middle. We'll just run <laughs> Derek Henry through the A gap on you then. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. And he'll have 12 yards before you even get anyone else up close to touch him. And if he gets up to full speed in 12 yards, you ain't going to touch him. <laughs> so. Yeah, the Titans offensively on paper, <clears throat> and I think it surprised a lot of teams, they didn't quite get the start we thought they might. But they are defensively appalling until this week. But they are gradually building momentum, and they're at 5-2. and two, And I think that surprised me a little bit to, to realise they was at 5-2. and two. I think they, it felt like they've started worse than that. Because they lost the Jets. <laughs> Well, that like four losses, that, doesn't it? A certain Jets fan did tell me this week that the Jets beat the Titans and now the Titans beat Baltimore and Kansas, so that makes the Jets better than everybody, which... That's a take. Yeah, I, I felt a belief, to be honest. Bit of a controversial question, if you like, and maybe too early to ask it. If the Chiefs carry on in this manner of winning losses and end up below 500, does Reed find himself on the hot seat at the end of the season? I don't think so. I this think year, no. it'll be given time to turn that around when he really... There, there are clear, like we've talked about, clear and obvious problems. He's your guy. You've got to give him a chance to turn it around. It's not as if yeah. they're I, I think, roster I think, I think, and they're under 
yeah, what he's done there and, and things. I'm not a fan of, you know, especially when somebody's achieved what they've achieved to then after one bad season, pull the plug on them. Um, but I was just interested because you know the way of professional sport that can happen sometimes. Andy Reid also only has a one and eight career record versus Tennessee. It's his worst record against any franchise, which surprised me and all. Um, the the key for me is if the Chiefs do finish at some like eight and nine, nine and eight in that remit somewhere. I think that'd probably still be enough to pick up a you know a six four seven seed and make the playoffs, and they're still going to be dangerous for anybody who do play in the playoffs. Mm. The difference is they're going to be on the road and not teams going to Arrowhead, and that's going to have a huge difference on them. Um, that going to Arrowhead has always been a a solid base for them and a sounding block, and their playoff runs are built off being the number one seed, getting the buyer, and then all the teams coming to Arrowhead and going through Arrowhead to get them the Super Bowl. <coughs> That won't happen if it stays as it is. If it stays as it is, they'll be heading up to Buffalo in January in the freezing cold and the snow, and that's a whole different ball game, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, interesting so, times ahead. When, talking about weather impacts, there was horrific weather for uh, Colts 49ers. Um, <laughs> yeah, good choice. Who was looking forward to that game? Me. <laughs> Did you say I watched it? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm really excited then. I weren't looking forward to that much. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I thought it was a interesting game to pick two teams that are disappointed with the start of the season that they've had, I'm sure. Um, the 49ers, they started off well, uh, took a 7 nothing lead early on. But I feel like the weather did impact them from then on. There was plenty of slipping and sliding from well both teams but 49 yeah. with it more and I think that probably contributed to some penalties as well that you might not have seen um, and the 49 has lost 122 yards in penalties and they also turned the ball over four times so that's a difficult you're not putting yourself in a good position to win a game if, if you're losing that sort of yardage to penalties and turn the ball over that much you know, Wentz, he didn't pretty all the time either, but I think he had the, well, he did have the better game. Um, I think better as the game went on as well, didn't he, to be fair to Wentz. Yeah, and he got some long passes in there, you know, despite the weather, it seemed to be something that teams were trying to avoid, um, big chunk plays due to the heavy rain. Um, and I think when you've got the rain as well, you're looking at how is it going to impact the teams? Is it going to create more turnovers? and in that sort of inclement weather, it was almost like uh, whoever wins the battle of the turnovers is going to go on and win this game. And the Colts did win the battle of turnovers and they did go on and, and win the game as well. Jimmy G came back in at quarterback. Um, Trey Lan- He's come back from injury and Trey Lance is struggling with his knee. He was poor as a whole. Um, he had some nice passes. He had a good opening drive. He tried to spark a late push late on in the game but for the part in the middle it was pretty poor two of his picks he threw into double coverage he fumbled it he seemed to struggle to try and throw the ball to anyone other than samuel i think Elijah mitchell he had a good start to the game but you know as the game wore on he found it 
more and more difficult to get anything going. You know, the 49ers did get within five points for seven minutes left. Uh, Samuel had a good return to the 31-yard line, put three players in, and Garoppolo tries to force a pass to him on the left sideline. Rudd snatches it out of the air. Took it back for six pick, pick six. Um, that was ruled, it was brought back because it was ruled that he stepped out of bounds, which he did. Um, but the turn <laughs> stood and it did allow the Colts to go down and score a touchdown anyway. Um, I think it was the same drive that Michael Pittman seemed to pluck <laughs> the ball out of the scatter yes. um, on a high ball from Wentz and just seemed to leap and it looked ginormous and just you know plucked the ball out of the the sky. Colts after as we've said disappointing start they got their third win in four weeks. Um, they have to play the Titans next, but after that they're playing the Jets and the Jaguars. I think after the next three games, I think they'll probably be looking at I'm thinking they can be at five and five. 49ers are two and four right now. I think it's difficult for me. I don't know what you guys think. Sim coming back to life this season. We've got plenty of tough games remaining. They're struggling right now. I'm sure they'll fancy the chances against the Bears next week, but then after that, they play the Cardinals and then they play the Rams. So, yeah, I'm not seeing much uh, hope for them to come back into it just one thing i want to say on that game so <clears throat> the next day is actually i think i know the stats don't maybe support Wentz being excellent but i do think Wentz was really really good i think he started pretty poorly but he got better as the game went on he looked really mobile as well um you know he's had a lot of injuries early season and he hasn't been so mobile because he had two sprained ankles how can you be but you know he made a lot of room for himself he wasn't afraid to move about um you know created space when he needed to create space he rushed only getting carried four times but each time you know averaging almost six yards and a rushing touchdown um i was really impressed with how he handled conditions and you compare that to jimmy g and the way he handled conditions and you know there's wentz coming back from injury and having had a couple of poor years against a pretty good team still um i think he did really well i think it's nice to see him improving after the years he has had and getting back to a level where you look at him and think, yeah, he's he's good. He's he's a starting QB in this league, and he's a good starting QB in this league. Yeah, I don't know whether, to be honest, the the stat line for the most part for both quarterbacks isn't too much different. Mm. Um, I know I've said Grockle had a poor game, but you know he, he had two interceptions and a fumble, and I think that mm. contributes to it more mm. than than anything else, and rightly so. But he was sixteen or twenty-seven. Wentz was seventeen or twenty-six. So there's one extra completion in there in one less attempt for Wentz. No mistakes. Yeah, Garoppolo had 181 yards. Wentz had 150. Wentz had two touchdown passes. Garoppolo had one. Like I said, the difference is Garoppolo fumbled it and threw two picks. Um, Can I ask you a question then, Jimmy, while you're talking? I think we was all of the consensus pre-season... Jimmy G, Trey Lance, they'd roll with Jimmy G as long as they were competitive. Mm-hmm. As long as there's a chance they can make the playoffs, if they're winning, if they're in the hunt, they'll roll with Jimmy G. Sit Trey. Obviously, they had to start Trey Lance because Jimmy got injured. He didn't exactly set the world on fire, hence Jimmy's back in. Trey's now injured. What do they do when they're both fit and healthy? Do they stick with Jimmy or do they go, well, chances are we're going to be, I think they're like three or four games back in the division already. Do we blow it up? Do we play Trey Lance? Do we get in the experience? Do we get in the reps? And if they do that, have they lost 
all of the trade value that they would have had for Jimmy G if they'd have traded him in the offseason this summer. I think you look at Jimmy G, right, and you're planning to be a game manager. Now, a game manager in those bad conditions shouldn't be throwing two INTs and shouldn't be fumbling the ball. He might do, he might make a mistake, but he shouldn't be doing those things, should he really? So what's your point in having a game manager if he's not managing the games? Um, I think, I mean, he's got another couple of goes because I don't think uh, Lance is back, is he? But, you know, if he has another couple of poor games, regardless of the results, they say they're one and one off the next two. You, I think roll with Lance, really. Yeah, I feel like at two and three before the weekend's games, yeah. they were probably thinking we can still put a run together and get back in the playoff picture. And like you just said, Dan, the decision was made because Garoppolo's come back to fitness and Lance is struggling with a knee injury. So they had no choice. And Lance had been struggling a little bit. But now I think at two and four, I don't know. I'm sort of thinking... When they're five I mean, games back in the division. Yeah, they've, they've still got, they have still got time to turn it around and sneak into the playoff. I had them just... winning the division, for the record. Oh, mm. sorry? I had them winning the division, for the record. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd be tempted now to, if I was them, look to the future. And uh, as long as Lance gets back to, to fitness, maybe roll out the season with him and give him some, <laughs> some growth. Because even if Lance is a bust... And you have to then go back. I don't think you will be. You then you have to go back to Jimmy G. Well, Jimmy G will still be the same Jimmy G, won't he? Really, regardless. So you're not losing anything if you do have to go back to Jimmy G. But like you said, the only risk is the trade value in it, really. But there'll be enough teams who'd want Jimmy Garoppolo. I think at the end of the season. Fair. Well, see how that goes. I think we all uh, got that game wrong. Uh, <laughs> which means for our predictions, we uh, all. Is the first week we have had in a prediction sense uh, since we started. So after week seven, Dan got one correct, I got one correct, Fred got one correct. That means that Fred is still in the lead with 15 correct correct, uh, correct corrections, correct predictions. And me and Dan are <laughs> 14 of them. At 14. So <clears throat> it's still close, but Fred is currently in the lead at the moment. Hold on to me. Well, right. around the league. Gotta pick what game I'm going to pick next week now, then to see if I can upset the apple cart. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to look at, I'm going to try and guess what you do. Uh, what cool. else around the league did you like, guys? I'm going to pick a homer pick before we start on Fed's Patriots and their 50 burger and destroying the Jets because I'm sure he wants to waffle on. I'm going to get my team out there. Tampa Bay. Revenge match against Chicago Bears. Got humiliated last year. I didn't think humiliated. We lost to them, and that was quite painful. No such joy this time. 38 free winners. Um, Mike Evans' free touchdowns. Phenomenal from the guy, to be honest, without Antonio Brown and without Gronkowski there. Um, we were 35 free up at halftime and then just saw the game out. Justin Fields, free interceptions, free fumbles. Looked like a kid playing a man's game. But I don't care about any of that. You must have seen, guys, the guy that got handed Tom Brady's 600 touchdown pass ball. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then swiftly got negotiated to give it back. What would you have done? Would you have kept it? What was the? What did he get given to give it back? So from my understanding, and there's lots of things out there, he's been given two signed Brady jerseys, yeah. signed Mike Evans' jersey. Yeah. 
a different game ball that Brady has signed. Mike Evans worn cleats that he wore in the game. And season tickets for the remainder of this year and next year. A thousand dollar voucher to spend in the team store. And Tom Brady's words was, we will sort him out. Not in any Cockney accent like that, obviously. <laughs> we'll sort him out. Sort him out. And there's also talk of Tom's, one of his sponsors or something he's involved in is a cryptocurrency and they give him a Bitcoin for that, which is apparently equivalent to $60,000. I don't know how true that part of it is. It, but all um, in all, that's 70 grand's worth. And they reckon that ball was probably mm. worth 500 grand. Oh. 500 grand? They reckon it's at least $500,000. If you took that ball and all, sold it at auction, first wow. person ever, 600 touchdown, Brady. Yeah. Who would pay half a million dollars for a piece of Tom Brady skin? knew he had to if the guy had kept it. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, did either of you watch the game? It was on Sky, I watched bits of it. Well, I know. Did you see that bit? I've seen that, obviously. Did you see I that? I tried bit? not to look in yeah. I just have to say, Tony Romo's excitement to try and get a date with Giselle out of the whole situation was a bit concerning, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what he was trying to offer up that the guy should ask for was a date with Giselle. And he seemed quite insistent on it as well. It was a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think it's one of them things, isn't it? You, if you don't give that ball back, you're being hounded out of there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it's one of those, if you give it back for something little, you'd probably end up getting more in return than what you do if you start demanding stuff. So yeah. I'm sure he's pretty happy with his Hall of Sign memorabilia, gift shop vouchers, season tickets, uh, and a thank you very much from Tom Brady. Mm. I'd take it. Yeah, pretty sure he is. So, uh, yeah. Look at Mike, Evans face, Mike Evans' face when he um, someone told him on the touchline... <laughs> What he'd done and give away that ball was a picture. The shock and surprise and apology on his face was, <laughs> was pretty embarrassing. So, anyway, Fred, your turn. Go. Yeah, he's looking so. Look at him. Look at the grin every time. I'm more excited. See... More excited to talk this about. This is where me and Rob turn the volume down. <laughs> I'm more excited to talk about another game, which isn't the Patriots. But we'll talk about the Patriots quickly. I mean, obviously, <laughs> points. Obviously, four points. Um, but you know, actually, the Patriots were fine. The Patriots were good, obviously. Of course, there's only weren't. the Jets. Anyone can beat the Jets. Even well, that's my point. The my point is, the, the, I said to you off air beforehand, the Jets have got worse, and I don't know how they've got worse. They are an absolutely dreadful organization. You know, at no point. <laughs> Tell everyone what you think. <laughs> and no, but at no point do they look half good. You know, even Brian Hoyer got to go Kendrick Bourne throwing touchdowns you know Damien Harris had another 100 yard game three this year two of them against the Jets Mike White actually looked alright when he started uh, Zach Wilson obviously came off injured I think he's got a strange PCL as I understand um, but they they honestly look so bad they look devoid of ideas defensively and offensively for an NFL team they're giving receivers acres of space the O-line's non-existent D-line from defence as a whole just might as well not bother being there. You know, it's, I think the Patriots scored on nine out of ten drives. You know, it is absolutely ridiculous stat. It's a team that hasn't exactly inspired people offensively, but they've been quite competent and quite good. Frank, can I ask, but, if the Jets are giving your receivers that much space, and if you're scoring on all of them drives, yep. why has nobody 
nobody designed a play in a game like that to give Jacoby Myers the ball in the end zone? That's a very good question. And you know what's quite funny as well? They were showing his dad with his da- uh, mobile phone videoing every time the Patriots... Waiting for it to go to him. <laughs> yeah, waiting to video Jacoby's first touchdown. Run um, him out the flat on a goal line two yards <laughs> out or something. Just let the guy get a touchdown. He's got the most receiving yards, hasn't he, for a receiver uh, ever without a touchdown. It's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Patriots were great. You know, they were fine. They were really good. And, you know, a comp, they're very well set up and a very well set up offense against a team that is really poorly set up and really poor in terms of ability. Um, it's always going to do really well, isn't it? Because, you know, that team is very well coached, even if they're not quite what they used to be. Um, but <laughs> Jets team, I, I just horrifying, absolutely horrifying. I felt last year you could watch them and you could see how they were going to win games. I can't for the life of me see. I can't believe they've beaten the Titans. I really can't. I can't see how they're going to win games. The full stop. It is mental. I don't know if you guys caught any of that. No, not myself. No. <laughs> well, like, you just have to take my word for it. But the the Jet, they are. This is probably the worst New York Jets side I've seen. And they are, they have been bad for years. You know, it does not get better. It's unlikely to get better in my eyes. I just don't see for the life of me how. A game which is a bit more um, interesting. I don't know if you watched the Monday night game last night. And the Saints, obviously, stumbling to a victory against the Seahawks. But these are two, again, these two teams aren't very good. This Saints side is bizarre. You know, Winston, I don't know, he, he did okay last night. He sort of reined himself in. But they, they don't, for a quarterback who has got that ability to throw lots of touchdowns, and Alvin Kamara, they don't look very good offensively, um, in all honesty. And they stumbled to those 13 points. The Seahawks look rudderless, absolutely rudderless without Russell Wilson. Um, and defensively, both teams are okay. But, you, you know, against Jermaine Winston and Geno Smith, you know, most defences would look okay as well at times. It is bizarre. I, the Saints are somehow 4-2, and two and they've, they, just because they're so well coached, they're 4-2. and two. Uh, If they get to the playoffs this year, it's almost a bit of a travesty, I feel. I don't know how much of the Saints you guys have seen. You've probably seen a bit more than me, really, but... I'll see even more next week. They've got the Bucks. Woo! Yeah, I've yeah. not seen much of the Saints, actually, this, this year. They're another team that I try and avoid watching alongside <laughs> the Bucks and the Patriots um, <laughs> but uh, yeah we've got them in two weeks uh, yeah I'll give you my full opinion on them in the fortnight Fred well, I look forward to them because they, they're well coached but they just seem to lack any real ability at times even though you know they've got a couple of stars in there but that's just it is, uh, it is crazy how they're 4-2 from what I've seen this year absolutely crazy um, I mean, what was the game like? I'm hoping you watched the... Looking at the scoreline of 13-10, I'm hoping that you watched the highlights and didn't stay up through the night to watch it for a yeah. I watched the game in 40, and it was just full of incompletions. It was full of... Um, well, yeah, it was full of incompletions, really, and receivers dropping catches, and it was it really was quite dire at times, in all honesty. Um Geno Smith was given the, to be fair to the Saints defense that yeah they absolutely gave Geno Smith the run around the Saints defense was very good in fairness um you know and I know you're not dealing with Russ Wilson but they really did give him the runabout at times and that is where the Saints are pretty good to be fair and they they do seem to set up well their defensive game plan is very good but just I don't know this whole Winston Hill and I know Hill didn't sort of play any snaps on 
on Monday night. But it's just it's bizarre. I don't I just don't get it. I don't get how they've won four games. You know, it's just it's odd to me. I just can't can't picture it. Don't worry, Fred. In two weeks, it'll be four and four. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks going to beat them twice, are they? Oh, hey, I'll great. take I, I'll take the Saints losing two games, even if it means the Falcons <laughs> winning one. So, a <laughs> um, couple I've got Panthers Giants. Um, Panthers just continue to implode. We spoke so oh, highly of them, yeah, after they were three and zero, but now they've lost four in a row, and I feel like the good start can be attributed be to. Christian McCaffrey being fit. The what? The rebound next week. No, they Who they got? <laughs> Falcons. <laughs> yeah, they rebound. I do a rebound side, to be fair, yeah. Got a point. Come on, Fred. You're always so nice about the Falcons. <clears throat> yeah, I am, to be fair. Yeah. Put the Falcons in the AFC East. He'll love them. <laughs> <laughs> worse than the Jets. They're worse than the Jets. No, no they're not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Rob. You were yeah. saying Panthers fell apart when Christian McCaffrey <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, so yeah, so I think the good start, the good start can be because of Christian McCaffrey being fit at that time. Um, the defense had a good time as well, but they were playing poor offenses. Uh, <laughs> Texans were two of the games that they won. <laughs> um, but we were speaking about what the ceiling could be a couple of weeks ago and how. When the other teams in the NFC South, uh, like the Falcons and the Saints, are looking at probably planning to blow it up and start again, and and the books are thinking about succession plans once obviously they lose Brady and salary cap constraints, that they could have been well placed to you know have a good run at the NFC South. But now, rather than talking about where the ceiling is, I'm wondering where the floor is because I think they might fall through it. Right now, um, Donald, he was horrific. He averaged 4.4 yards per attempt. They only got into Giants territory three times, I think. Donald got benched. It was turnovers, dropped passes. They only gave up 10 points a game in the first three games. We mentioned that early on in the year. All right, they were playing the Texans and the Jets were two of those. Can't remember who the third one was. But now they're averaging... 29 points conceded per game in the last four games. I think if they get Christian McCaffrey back and fire him, then he could improve them considerably on offense because he's that sort of player. But I don't think they're anywhere near as good as... Maybe we're all guilty of thinking that they maybe were after going 3-0. and um, Donald seems to have gone back to his old self. And I just think right now they look like they're falling apart. They do, you're right. We have spoke about how mm. they are in prime position to take over the NFC South in a year, two years, whatever it be. Um, they drafted, didn't they, all defence, not going to this year, and going into last year, and it looks a young, hungry, aggressive defence. But they just seem so dependable on one person. I mean, they took a gamble on Sam Darnold. I didn't mind that, to be honest with you, mm. at the time. I, a lot of people thought Sam was better than he'd had the chance to be at the Jets. Um but it doesn't appear that way. Again, we all said everyone would look good with Christian McCaffrey alongside you. You know, nothing's on. Dump it off and give him the ball. Uh, maybe that's what we saw. That worked and now it's not. And 
I don't know. It's um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Do they now just play it out and you know and pick up another top ten draft pick perhaps and and add yet more to it and really look at next year? They've got some people are going to be in year three then of that defensive draft. So that year three, year four really needs to be a win now year. So you shouldn't be going from a top ten draft pick into a win now year really. So I'm intrigued to see how they how they play and what they can do there. What's what's going to happen? Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's disappointing for Dana, <laughs> really. So I was one of those, uh, like Dan said, who thought he'd be better outside of that organisation. So I think he's shown glimpses at the Jets of what he could do, and he's he's sort of again the first three weeks looked quite good. Even when McCaffrey came off in the defeat, um, he looked pretty good that week as well. But since then, he's just got worse and worse. Um, from that perspective, and they have got some weapons there, and <clears throat> it's just bizarre. They just seem to be on a odd spiral down. No, Fred's just. <laughs> I wait, wonder what happened. Come... I thought I lost, didn't it, for a second, because it went silent. <laughs> <laughs> just... Obviously, Thinking on I'm himself, yeah. Slate back. That's <laughs> revolting cough afterwards, but but yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't have, you know, after three and I would not have predicted predicted this, especially against the Giants. Let's not forget the Giants are pretty poor as well. I think that's what's more surprising is like the Giants are poor, and then you know to go twenty-five-three, the Panthers must be really bad. Mm. But um, yeah, we're sort of running out of time, I guess. A few quick things I've got: um, Raiders, uh, another team that I think like the Bengals could be classed the top end of the AFC, which um, seems strange at this point of the season. We could have a Bengals-Raiders playoff game. Wow. <laughs> Derek Carr, 93% completion the other day. Obviously, 93% enjoyment rate. Enjoyment rate. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were going to really fall apart after, you know, <laughs> the issue that mm. with Gruden and him leaving under the cloud he did but since then they've won two straight put 868 yards of combined offense for Fred's most exciting QB in the NFL um, <laughs> uh, that's the Raiders the other one Cardinals Texans Cardinals still roll on they're unbeaten 7-0 and uh, I watched a bit of that thought they looked pretty shaky during the first quarter they ended the first quarter 2-0 down after conceding a safety didn't feel like they looked good in that first quarter, um, but I still didn't expect them to lose that game. And they did, you know, they came back second quarter, put 17 points up to take a 17 5 lead at half time. They went about the business, scored another 14 in the second half. The 7 and 0, they're undefeated, and they're on to the Packers next week. That's uh, uh, me. Yeah, Any Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, really quickly. <laughs> He hasn't got a wonderful football team. We spoke about how he likes the fact that his team are going to want to be his team. They're not going to take, they're not going to carry anybody on their back. You're there out of merit and because you want to be and you're going to perform every damn day for that jersey and that town. They rocked up in LA. They got a huge running touchdown off DeAndre Swift out the gate. And what does Dan Campbell going to do? Onside kick, three minutes into the game. Onside kick and recovered, uh, and they went down. And within four and a half minutes of the game, they were ten nil up in LA against the Rams. Um, they didn't end up seeing it out. I think that was purely because the better football team came 
to the fore in the fourth quarter. Um, but I tell you what, it seems like a hell of a lot of fun watching them lines right now. And I do hope they do start getting a result or two because, you know, they, they Dan Campbell, I think, appreciates they had nothing to lose going there. And he yeah. literally came out there and went. They faked no punts well, this. They? they did on the same drive, yes. Yeah, so yeah. side kick on the second drive, recovered. And then it was a fourth and seven or something, I think it yep. was. And they had a, a fake punt throw as well, which they converted on the same drive. Um, yeah. It was gutsy. It was ballsy. <laughs> I think he probably thought, if we go there and play a normal game, we're going to lose. They're the better team. Oh, yeah. They're the better team, yeah. But he, <clears throat> okay, if they'd have converted that to 14, who knows? Okay, they got a field goal out of it. They put points on the board. You take that. Uh, it gave them something to defend and a chance to, to have a go at the game rather than, as you say, just it. It transpires. Well, you drive, we drive, you drive, we drive. They weren't going to win that game at all. So they give themselves a, a purpose and something to defend. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? I just really like Dan's last point. I totally agree with it. I think you hope Dan Campbell gets time at this because there is a lack of talent there, but they really want to play for him, don't they? So He's come across absolute in the off-season, yeah. in his media interviews, he's come across as an absolute nut job. And... His play calling against the Rams comes across as absolute nut job, but how can you not love it? <clears throat> no, We've literally nothing to lose. If we play a normal game, we are going to lose. So what we're going to do, we're going to onside kick it three minutes into the game to try and get the ball back because it's the only way we're going to stand a chance. Mm. Is it the equivalent of a non-league team playing Chelsea and digging their pitch up on a Friday night when the tracks are before <laughs> they get there, right? That is effectively <laughs> what they're doing, right? But fair play to him. Like you, you're not going to see that often, and you know it didn't work for him. But you know they they weren't embarrassed either, were they? No, uh, no. Probably won a few uh, a few fans, a lot not fans, but you know admirers, admirers along the way. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, that's everything for our week seven review episode. We've gone a little bit longer than normal, uh, but. We hope, we don't know if anyone's still listening, but we hope you are. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you for our week eight preview. Thanks a lot for listening. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks.